Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Welcome to MI3. We're about to have a rip-roaring conversation with a bunch of defiant women. And with us today is a group that have got a lot of views on some things that the market and the industry absolutely needs to be across. So today we have Jane Evans, who's the founder of the Uninvisibility Project. Jane Waterhouse, the GM for Bauer Story 54, and Nicole McInnes, who's a former marketer at Woolies X, Pandora, and eHarmony. Ladies, what is going on with women over 50 and what is the industry doing with women over 50 or not doing perhaps is probably more pertinent. Jane Evans, tell us a little bit about your story. You've been in the industry for... A a long, long time. Let's go a long time, (laughs) shall we? Yes. Oh, no, I started in 1982 in London. Something happened to you around the 50 mark. What was that? I became completely and utterly invisible. Uh, I had probably one of the most successful... uh, advertising careers for a woman. Um, I created the Tim Tam Genie campaign. I created the James Squire beer brand. Uh, But in my early 50s, I found myself totally invisible and irrelevant to my industry. Um, I tried to get a job for three years. Um, I applied for something like 180 jobs and got three interviews. Um, When I did get an interview, I would be told things like, I'd give you a job, Jane, but you'd end up as the old woman at the back of the department doing the shit that nobody else wants. That's what you got? That's what I got. So what happened? What happened was I then went, okay, well, if agencies don't want me, women over 50 by 47% of everything, surely clients are going to be interested. So I was like, okay, set up my own agency again and found I was as invisible and irrelevant to clients as I was to agencies. So I went, okay, well, if I can't get, an, if I can't get the agencies and I can't get the clients, I'm going to go and get the audience. So I set up the Uninvisibility Project on International Women's Day this year and it has gone through the roof. So basically what I did, it started out, I wanted to find out if there were actually any women over the age of 50 doing ads in London. Um, I put out a tweet, it got retweeted 64 times and I got eight names. Uh, so I went and, got, went and spoke to these women and all of them had the same story of, of invisibility. And it was like, well, if this is happening in advertising, where else is this happening? So I went and found all of these other amazing women, found their stories. And I, I started out as what I thought was going to be a, a sort of humans of New York type thing. We have a lovely photo and a nice little story. But it became very clear very early on that this was a movement and that people were really angry and that they needed something, something really needed to change. You, you said you got the response from agencies when you're going for jobs. What were the brand owners saying when you tried to go, go for something? Our target audience is 19 and if anything, we'll be going even younger. And my response to that was, who the fuck do you think buys all that stuff for the under-19s? Exactly. And this is where we're going to go. So we've got two themes that we're going to talk about today. One is the bias that sits within the industry itself, the marketing media agency tech uh, industries, and also the bias that's coming out towards women from brands and from marketers, right? There's two themes there. Let's go to Jane Waterhouse. Uh, You've just done a study called Defiant, which is around women 50 plus. It's sort of, well, it very tightly matches what Jane Evans is talking about in her own experience. Tell us a little bit about that study, Jane, and then what we're going to do next. Yeah, I mean, the reason we set about doing it is 
we, we started to see briefs coming through and they always stopped at 49 or if we were lucky, they went to 54. But it came also with the kind of uh, narrative, you don't need to go that old because, you know, we don't want to scare off the younger people. And what we were fascinated by when we'd seen a generation of women who'd grown up with magazines and, mind you, still paying for content and paying for magazines, we knew their spending power was really great. And in fact, they're classified by Roy Morgan as 20% um, more likely to be big spenders, this particular demographic that we were interested in from 50 to 64. So we wanted to find out a little bit more about this word invisible that kept being thrown around. And what, what we found was, yeah, not exactly what we thought we were going to find when we set about doing that. And what are some of those characteristics of women in that 50 plus that su- will surprise most people in the industry, or at least will should shift the debate in the industry in the perception, right? Yeah, oh, that's true. Well, the demographic in Australia of women 50 to 64 is about 2.3 million women. The cohort within that group that we identified, who we called defiant, make up about 41% of that group. And they are the influencers in that group. And we've got a really interesting demographic because you've got these influencers who are big spenders within that whole demographic. And then we also know that we've got the greatest rate of homelessness is happening in women 55 plus. So there's this really big difference between uh, within one age group. And they've seen so much change. Um, They were defying, which is why we called them defiant, defying everything that we thought about her and this idea of her being invisible, and we're talking more from uh, her thinking of herself as invisible, she actually feels that brands are invisible to her. And we had a lot of very uncomfortable conversations with these women. It was a a very good, uh, robust study, over 1,200 women in total, 655 in this particular age group. It was um, regional and in um, cities. And what we found is that they couldn't have they didn't speak about any brands at all. It was it was really un, uncomfortable and, and embarrassing. Did they say why? What was what was the issue? Well, well, when they do turn up those brands, they treat me like I'm an idiot. They treat me like I'm digitally incapable. They always talk to me through the lens of being a mother. So that's the only lens that they see me as uh, or through. And then most importantly, they talked about the fact that I'm meant to be fighting against who I'm supposed to be because I'm actually not meant to age, apparently. Jane Evans, what is going on in industry? We just heard that this is an issue even to the market, but what is going on in in the bias and the prejudice and the perceptions inside industry of why we're still there? Look, the average age in an advertising agency is 33.7%. And that really is where it comes from. They have no perception of who we are. And if they do, they'll see us either their mothers or their first wife. You know, they don't actually know who we are. And I think that's really where it comes from. And I think also, you know, I think they're using old paradigms of us. It's like we were the first generation that came into the workforce en masse. We're the first generation of women in the history of the world that are going to live twice as long as our original biological purpose. We've been given 30 years of extra life and it's in the middle. And nobody's recognising that, you know, it was like what used to be old is no longer old. And, you know, and again, things go from old, young to old. And it's like, no, there's actually young, middle and old. It's an ageism issue as well for blokes, I think, too, but more so for women. So, Nicole, what is going on? Yeah, I think, I mean, men traditionally have a great network and that has probably buoyed them through you know, getting older and they, so they still get jobs, but they are struggling as well. Ageism does affect men as well. But 
I think it affects women more and it, it's something to do with potentially, you know, we're not as trim as we were, we're not as attractive as we were and so it's harder to employ some women in some industries but especially in advertising and media where, you know, your shag handicap's not as good as it used to be. And Jane Evans in creative industries, I'm sure you've you've witnessed that um, multiple times over. Oh, over and over and over again. It's like, you know, as I said earlier, it's like we older women get classified as the first wives club. In in our industry, you know, these guys suffer as much as we do, but they haven't had any career breaks. Um, you know, they've they've actually managed to work their whole lives. I think uh, in the UK, something like 48% of women don't have a private pension. So it's actually essential that we go out to work. It's not a nice to have. It's like, you know, we're going to be living till 90. And if we've lost our jobs at 50. And, and for society, it's essential too, because what are we going to do in 20 years time when you have, you know, an, a, a whole generation of women in poverty? So Nicole, just um, on that though, you, your view is that in some cases, the, the glorification of digital and the young women are probably as guilty as anyone else of a little bit of prejudice there and perception towards older women. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I think it's all um, young people and it's more the leaders that are hiring them and saying, well, they're born digital so they know, they'll know this and they'll they'll get it and they'll get the audience. But in fact, our generation is digitally ambidextrous and so we, we can cross that bridge between digital and analogue the way no other generation can. And we're also at the point where we're so self-aware now. I mean, you you only really become self-aware in your 40s, late 40s. And that's where those great leadership traits come from. Well, you make a great point that you were writing code for websites and building websites in in the 1930s or something, weren't you, Nicole? (laughs) I was really early in my career. And I, I, um, you know, when the internet was born, I was writing, I was writing code because the interface for the software was so bad that you had to, you had to design 3D drawing via code and, and line by line. It took forever. You know, I've worked in digital companies and digital divisions and the young people just look at me as if I'm, assume straight away I have no idea. And it, it's it's kind of, it's laughable because once they do get to know me, they realise. But it, it's annoying that that's the assumption when they first meet me just because of my age. So what is the Uninvisibility Project? How is it going about trying to address some of this stuff in the industry first, James? The Uninvisibility Project's gone far beyond the industry. This is actually, there needs to be a societal change. So the Uninvisibility Project, yes, I thought it was going to start out as a little ad thing and, you know, maybe go out into tech and things like that. But the reaction to it has been, you know, I'm talking to governments, I'm talking to business councils, um, you know, this, the, 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 we need to change our attitude because the world has never seen women like this before. It's, it's new. It's new. This is brand new. This, this group of women have never existed on this planet before. So what do we do when you say it's gone cross-industry now, then it's much broader Still, what are some of those those initiatives that you want to see get traction? I think it's mindset. I think the thing is, is you've actually got to stop thinking of us as as mothers of old. So uh, marketing 101 is out of the window. Um, you know, it used to be that you only ever advertised to young people um, because old people don't change brands. Now, in my mother's day, if she wanted to change bank, it took her about three weeks and a lot of fuss. Now we can do it one press of a mobile phone. So brand, and I think something like 86% of us will swap brands in a heartbeat. So, you know, all of those old textbook things have to go out of the way. I mean, somebody the other day was like, oh, Jane, I've got a great brief for you. And I was like, great, what is it? And it was like, it's a shampoo for women 30 to 50. And I just looked at her and went, do we stop washing our hair at 50? 
So, and it's interesting, that uh, Jane Waterhouse, that uh, in the study it talks about women 50-plus being uh, more culturally connected uh, than we give them credit for because, surprise, surprise, they have kids and the kids are tapped into culture and mum's all over it and they live yeah, in the house. So you can't get rid of them. They're more techno- technologically savvy and culturally uh, progressive than we actually give credit for. But in terms of the media sector, Jane, you're probably approaching 50. That's a big, big assumption <laughs> there. But um, what do you make of what's going on here in your sector? I think what surprised us the most is the positive reaction we're getting from 35-year-olds and under to this study. And in some ways, what we're seeing is, um, you know, even some Gen Xs and Gen Ys trying to convince their bosses that they have to actually see this study. Because the way we put it to them is you can't be what you can't see. And we'd love to say that you're going to retire by 50, but they know they're not going to retire by 50. And so if they're not in the room when we're presenting this, and they're nev- they never are, I mean, there's very, it's very unlikely that there's someone even over 40 in the room when we present this research, um, that they, and, you know, they're very supportive for that reason because they're like, yeah, I mean, where is this going for me? Um, just, I just want to touch on the um, Grattan Institute study that just came out recently. What you were talking about is that we're looking at the first generation, um, or younger Australians are the first generation to have lower living standards than their parents. And I think on this whole money issue is the wealth of someone under 35 has barely moved since 2004 because they haven't had the wage growth that happened within our generation, superannuation that happened with our generation, our generation also um, buying property. So there has been, there's a lot less growth financially within that age group. So um, we know that this woman has money to spend. Um, How much money? What Have you got a value there and what their spending well, power is? Well, for us, the, I mean, as you touched on, Jane, before, they, but they're buying 47% of everything. We know that 85% of all purchases are influenced or, or made by a woman, but this particular demographic are buying 40%, 47% of everything. So it's something like 23 trillion dollars globally. It's a ridiculous amount. I'm happy with that. Yeah. So something significant, isn't it? Jane Evans, I'll ask you first, what what do brands and marketers need to be doing now to to change the way they're engaging with this really important and unknown uh, invisible set? It's very simple. Employ them. It's, it really is as simple as that. It was like, and, and, you know, don't try and second guess us. We've been your age. You've never been ours. Now, a 16-year-old could not, could not advertise to a 36-year-old. So how on earth could a 36-year-old advertise to a 56-year-old? They're actually, um, like, I put out a call on Facebook the other day, 13 senior female women in Sydney. Hardly any of them are working. Go find them, treat them like queens, pay them well, and and and, you know, use them for this incredibly valuable demographic. Nicole, what's been the conversations in your travels on this? You've had a few of these in recent months, I imagine. What happens here? Well, what I've found is that they're promoting younger and younger people, especially in digital native companies, which is where I my experience sort of lies. And so what they're saying is we can't employ you because you, you'd be a threat to this young person. And so, I mean, I, that, I was touching on it before. Older women will save you money. They may cost more up front, but they will save you money in churn of your own staff because they they know how to motivate people now. They've learnt from their mistakes. And they also, um, they're so much more efficient. (laughs) They're faster. They don't have to test and learn everything. So if the industry at large employs and values, what do you think becomes? I think we start getting really genuine 
um, communication to these women with real empathy that will draw them to go out and buy. And I think, you know, there's a massive prize for the brands that actually recognise this re- recognize this demographic and talk to them with empathy. Nicole, your take on that in terms of if, if, if there's more women being employed, in, older women, 50-plus women being employed and valued, what do you see happening in the marketing function as a result of that? I think there would be more of a demand or a question of why are we, why are we stopping our targeting and briefs at this age? It's just not logical. Um, and I think if we had more visibility to, I mean, marketers are driven by ROI. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm driven by. So what I, what I look for is um, the best return on my media spend and my marketing spend. So I, there is no reason why I wouldn't um, shift my briefs up if I could see that the return on investment is much higher in this group. Oh, I was just going to add to that. I think another reason why a lot of people avoid it too is this woman's harder to market to and that's the truth of it. You know, she, her bullshit radar is so like tuned in and, you know, a lot of marketing as we know is based on either selling a fantasy or tapping into a fear. And this is a woman who's, who's so resilient and, you know, wise that she, you can't scare her. I think that's, you know, one of the things that makes the challenge creatively. Um, and to Jane Evans's point that, you know, that's why you need that brain in the room creatively because, and, you know, Jane has some great examples of people globally who've done it really badly. And it's like, you know, you can oh, tell. I do they. tell. Who are they? <laughs> Just when you see the, um, her presentation. Um, so I think that's, a, you know, that's the thing that, so people stop for that reason. It is harder. You have to think differently. She's agnostic, this woman. She doesn't think um, in, you know, demographics. She lives in a post-demographic world. So, you know, it's it's harder to do, but the rewards. And, and one other thing which we touch on, on the, in our research is it's so typical that people tap into her values of being a carer and being supportive and wise. And actually, she's bloody funny. She's really intelligent. She's as cheeky as all get out and and more so than an under 35-year-old. I, I think your study says that they think they are that versus under 35s who, who are about half the rate who think they're funny and intelligent. Absolutely. In exactly what Jane Waterhouse is talking about, Jane Evans, what is the creative messaging? What is the tone? What, what should marketers and brands, uh, how should they be tackling this differently to what they've been doing now? What does it look like? Okay, look, what I'm finding is, is that their research is shoving is that they get a piece of research and there's no interpretation of it. It's just put out there straight as the research. And as Jane says, you know, we we laugh, we're funny. You know, we're, we're Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders' generation. It's like, you know, and but, you know, young people are, oh, no, we can't offend them. Oh, you know, they're old women, they'll get offended easily. And we're like, fuck that, you know, make us laugh, you know. But, but it needs us to be able to do that to ourselves. So, again, it comes back to employ women of our age because we know where that line is and we can hit that line. Whereas somebody younger is like so far away from the line because they're playing it safe. Nicole, can marketing uh, get its head around that and, and, and in terms of the different type of messaging, the different tone, tonality, the, what's your sense when you travel so far in this market? Well, I think they can because but the if you understand humans, when you're, well, if you're older, you understand that you, you're still 25 in your head. Like it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, you're still the cheeky person that you were or the fun person that you were when you were in your 20s. So I think it's important to acknowledge that and to treat middle-aged people as humans. And you may get away with sloppy creative and sloppy humour and and stupid ideas when people are younger and – but you won't get away with it with this 
you know, demographic. And so you need to really up the ante. And I think Jane's suggestion about you have to have people in your organisation to to guide that process is important. Great points. Mm. Or you work with Bauer. Well, that's now. There's an so idea. How in. did you do? How did you do that, Jane? I don't know. That was impressive. But I tell you what, if you look in the Facebook feed of a 50 year old right now, you will see ads for retirement villages, incontinence pads, uh, and you know, in death insurance. Like it's just, it's so depressing. And there is this absolutely huge opportunity, financial opportunity, creative opportunity. And um, the audience is there. We know 75% of them buy a magazine, would you believe, every and, single month. And paying for it. That's and paying for it. True indication of engagement is my thesis on that. Jane Waterhouse, to wrap up, what's your final thoughts on where this is going to head? I just think it's an incredibly exciting time. You know, we're all, I think, very positive about this. There's some great male champions of change involved in all of this, which is, you know, and certainly a bower. Um from my point of view, as more men are coming up into this age group too and they are also, you know, losing jobs, there is an invisibility thing starting to happen. I think a lot of more women are probably well-versed in um, multitasking and multi, being multi-skilled and um, the gig economy is really suited to a lot of women and for a lot of men certainly that I've worked with who I know are, you know, losing their jobs at 50, 60 and trying to find it really hard to get back into the industry, um, don't have the skill set that a lot of women that I see do. And definitely for us, um, our commitment this year to financially fit females and there's a real focus on this age group because, as I said, right up front, there's a, you know, there's such scope. There's the very wealthy end of this 50 to 64-year-old and then there's this huge unemployment that we're seeing the homelessness and um, and also um, successful suicides. Well, extraordinary. What's going on there? Well, that's another conversation. That's a whole so, other yeah. conversation, yeah. Hey, so thank you. Check out the uh, Defiant study from Bauer Media. Follow the Invisibility Project with Jane Evans and check out Nicole when she has some more really interesting stuff to say about what's going on in marketing. Thanks for listening. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater... Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button to get a free notification every time we release a new episode.